slippery dip. Right, welcome to the ATR podcast episode two. So this week we come to Prologue Performance Cycling in Harrogate, probably the best bike shop in Yorkshire. How come we're number two? Because number one was Vitfor, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. As if we've been beaten by them. That's awful. Welcome, Is that a fizzy drink? Welcome to the ATR podcast <laughs> episode one. <laughs> this week we come to Prologue Performance Cycling in Harrogate, probably the best bike shop in Yorkshire. Uh, bike shop, cycling cafe, workshop, online shop, bike fitting, coaching, race team, cycling ride outs and events. And on your website it says, Riding a bike isn't a simple sport, it's a science, especially if you plan on doing it fast. Oh, that thing, that was the old website. Oh. Oh, well. It should just say, all round nice guys. Yeah. Right. Do you want to give us a little history, John, of your little shop? Oh. Large shop. Little the last shop, couple of years. Yeah. When did small, you... small shop, small shop. <laughs> when, when did you open it? Well. Brief have... history. Oh, right, okay. Uh, 2014. Opened in 2014. Um, coincidentally, uh, the year that the uh, Tour de France came to town, the Grand Depart. Who knew? Um, and also, coincidentally, our colours happened to be yellow and black, which uh, fitted in quite nicely <laughs> with the, the, the theme of the Tour de France. I think, we, uh, I think our T-shirts outsold the official merchandise 10 to 1. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, I saw uh, children in school, in their school T-shirts with bottles for uh, about four years afterwards. <laughs> is that enough history? <laughs> yeah. We don't sell kids' bikes, though. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so we decided to focus on the elite backroom team this episode, the talented mechanics. That's what it says on our website. Expert advice, friendly faces. You take care of anything, almost anything, from bike repair and maintenance. Comprehensive servicing through the custom bike build jobs. So we've got Bobbin, Aaron, Jacob. Uh, brains, brawn, and beauty. Yeah. Maybe the other way around. You, just, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. you looked in the correct order. Did though. I? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Beauty, you know, define me in no other manner. All right. <laughs> what, is it? what was that word? Um, svelte. Svelte. That's what you are, Bobby. Svelte. Right. <laughs> How often should someone get a bike service? Every six months, isn't it? Right. Sure. Depends on how much you use it, how much you look after it. Right. Unless your name is... Mark Sorry. Jagger, <laughs> can we say that? <laughs> and you should get your bike serviced every six months. Well, because of the <laughs> amount of riding he does. Yeah. A man there that's done uh, 27,000 miles in a year, he needs his bike uh, so servicing a, a little bit more often than... Probably uh, twice a year. Yeah. At least. Twice a year. Depends. Well, I do like 5,000, so what would I get serviced? How many times should I get my yeah, bike Yeah, one service? big service a year, and then yeah. maybe a little top-up service. A little, little tickle after winter. And fresh bar tape every two weeks, <laughs> in your instance. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't arrived at the bars. <laughs> but wouldn't you get more serviced if you had like a winter bike? Like, I, if you had two bikes, which most people in Harrogate seem to have, would you get serviced? At the start of the winter, the end of the winter? Yeah, I would say the same sort of rule applies. Yeah. Really, probably like a big one at the end and maybe a little one in the, in the middle of the season. You probably book bikes. your summer bike in at the same time as your winter bike. So your summer bike would go in for its big one and your winter bike would go in for its little like setup, essentially. Do people come in and ask for particular people to do their servicing? Yeah, the best looking one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, no, no, not me. Uh, no, I mean, I think the, the I want John to well. do my full it, build. Uh, it obviously depends. Um, what sort of um, you know what you're doing yourself at home and how much care you you take of your your bike yeah. in terms of washing, cleaning, um, lubing, etc. And, and uh, uh, you know some people are slightly better than others. So uh. <laughs> Jacob's brilliant at lubing. Oh, yeah. I've heard I am. Many stories. I'm the best. 
I'll, let me skip on to that, another question actually, because that relates. What's the number one thing relating to maintenance that you guys tell people they should do and they just don't listen to ever? Come on, Bobby, you Ooh. must have one. You, you tell them this and you just know that it's not one. going in at all. Oh. Or do they listen to everything you ever say? Yeah, ordinarily, yeah, they do. Really? <laughs> well, um, no, I'd say... Mm, Go on, do you they don't, they don't follow the thorough cleaning guy. Yeah, I think the, the thing is, people come in and say, oh, my brakes are squealing if they've got a disc brake bike. And do you know for a fact that you stood there and said, just clean them with like either clean water, like non-contaminated water, or like washing up liquid? Yeah. Or they've used like some stupid like spray or something that has just then contaminated the pads, contaminated the rotors, that is then just going to cause even more noise. And people are like, oh, well, I've been cleaning them. But you just haven't been cleaning them properly, and it happens yeah. all the time. And you can hear people coming down the road. It. I've cleaned it. I've cleaned it. Rearranged the dirt. <laughs> yeah. In a slightly different manner. It's like you can hear them coming down the road. They'll stop and like they're 500 yards up the road, and you'll hear the brakes, and you're like, oh, here we go. Well, one right. that we used to get not so much with cleaning was. Um, uh, where people would say, well, it's, it, it's rubbing in this particular gear when they'd have it in the big ring and the big ring. Right, um, okay. Or the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know... Um, Cross-chaining. Obviously, you're not, uh, not really supposed to do. The big one on the back and the yeah. big one on the well, front. Well, what we're finding more now is that people will say, actually, with gear. electronic gears, that it, won't go, well, it, it won't go into that gear because they're trying to cross-chain it, but the electronic gears are stopping you from doing that. <laughs> Um, and then wondering why I won't go into that particular. They've made an idiot proof. Yeah. Is it yeah. so? Is it okay? So, actually, is it a case of the more expensive a bike, the more maintenance they end up having to do? Yeah, yeah in a lot of cases. If you if you think of it, I, I was the the example I give is like a Formula One car. Yeah. You you know a, a Grand Prix driver races his car um, for a race. They take, then take the whole car apart and rebuild it because the technology, you know, is so sensitive and it's so. Uh, and, and you're dealing with some of these bikes, a Formula One kind of technology in a bike, really. So when you've got super light, you know, super lightweight components and things like that, they need, in fact, more attention yeah. than, than uh, you know, a, a heavy weight piece of component or something that's aluminium or whatever. If you've got a really light carbon. Frame components, etc., yeah, yeah. etc. Et um, you know they need more looking after. Because you guys tend to sell fairly expensive bikes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, fairly high-end, high-end high bikes, high 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 premium product, premium high-value bikes. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just tend to hope for the best for mine. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but as 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 the past has shown, that doesn't really work. Uh, What's the thing you tell the people, Aaron? That they never listen. Uh, if you're unsure about anything, don't touch it. Just, <laughs> yeah. Don't look on YouTube, don't touch it. Just bring it in. <laughs> Usually just, yeah, just I'll walk in and go, Aaron, fix you it. There you go. Yeah, but I don't mind giving advice. But. Is that how a lot of conversations go? They come in going, something was wrong, so I looked on YouTube and now I've made it 10 Sad times worse. Yeah. yeah, I tried to index my own gears, now I need new cables. And we say, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can learn and do yourself, but a lot of it still has to come down to the proper tools, proper yeah. experience. Above all, you've actually covered with insurance if all does go wrong. Yeah. Like doing yourself on off front of me, it's just not worth it, not worth the risk. What? What's the worst mechanical cock up you guys have ever seen? 
Well, Bobbin, Bobbin did this one thing once. And <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I guess it's two questions. What's the worst one you've ever done to somebody's bike, and then, or actually, that never happened here. But what's the worst like. that's ever been brought in? Um, yeah, we'll skip the first question. We'll gloss over that. <laughs> um, the worst that's ever been brought in. I don't. I don't think we've had anything horrendous here, really. Not yet. We've had a couple of like bikes with the forks in the wrong way around, and you know, complaints of poor handling. Uh, that's been sorted out by a sort of not two degree head angle. Uh, well, else? we're not had really. We've not had loads, have we? That have been around. Are you to, John, are they allowed to talk about the second part of that? Like, what's the worst cock up from your end? Or is that just a giant tuning cock up? We've Sorry, never made know. a cock up ever. Okay. That's because I'm not allowed to touch anything. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. more, I think, uh, rather than the. Um, They've all been rectified. Rather, rather, away, rather, like, rather than the, the, the cock-ups, the, uh, there's a, there is a cycling industry code uh, for um, when, when something goes wrong uh, right. with a customer. Uh, and it's, uh, the, the, the industry code is JRA. Oh, so geez. it's a JRA. <laughs> and um, do you know what that is? No. Well, I was just riding along <laughs> when... Uh, my <laughs> bike exploded into yeah, a ball of fire. Honestly, I was just riding along, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the that's the standard one, and and the uh, the, the chainstay snapped in half. Uh, so the, they're uh, definitely doing something wrong. The handlebars, uh, you know, uh, snapped in two, uh, or the um, you know the rear wheel collapsed. Yeah, the yeah. bolt snapped on its own. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have it tight in it. But, so, but yeah, I think uh, there might be a few jarrays because of the state of the roads, but uh, um, hitting potholes and things. Yeah. It is people snapping bolts usually though. It just I've done that many times. Yeah, yeah. it's easily easily done. First one though, I won't say where I worked, but the place I worked for, the owner fancied himself as a bit of a mechanic and it came in just to lube a customer's chain. Uh, but what I didn't realise were, what I had picked up the Loctite, yeah. <laughs> coated the entire chain with it, sent customer out thinking, oh, I've done a brilliant job here. The customer came back the next day and said, the chain don't work. And yeah, sure enough, Loctite and we had to replace the chain. Seized it up a tree. Yeah. Well, that, I can safely say that wasn't me because <laughs> I don't fancy myself as a mechanic, I just fancy our mechanic. <laughs> anyway, moving on. That's awful. What's the. Too bond in here. Literally. Loctited <laughs> together, we are. What should cyclists now do themselves? Or, or uh, I guess at what point right then, should it listed the help of a mechanic? Change the puncture. Yeah. Oh, oh, self maintenance. Uh, no, not self, not body. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I think it's like... This is for the next podcast. <laughs> An in-depth guide to chamois cream application. No, I mean, I think, you know, again, it's a bit like DIY, isn't it? Some people have an aptitude for, um, you know, uh, practical things in life, and some people don't. And um, I'm, I'm the uh, latter. Yeah, and, and I think you've got to know your own limitations... And you know there are, there are lots of people who can do lots of things that, that could you know take the bike apart, rebuild it, do all yeah. of the, the things that that we can do. But there are some people who would be better not touching it, and then uh, people in between who might be able to do you know change the cables on the brakes or change the 
bed pads index the gears, but that you know is is the limit of what they would do. So I don't I don't think there's a there's a set rule. I think it's a case of knowing, you know, your own limitations. But if you you know if you want to learn a bit more, as Aaron says, we're happy to educate people on on some of the things that they can uh, they could do themselves. They sort of glaze up, gloss over after a while and they just say, I'll oh, just do it for me. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. yeah. We wear them down. <laughs> it's a good way to get business. So we're dirty. So it's fair to say you guys do drip like high end, high value custom builds is the big is one of the main things you do. So what's mm. what's the best bike you've worked on? Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Mine. Um, Jobs. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're in, we're in a, a nice position here that we we get to work on lots of very very nice bikes through you know the top end of all the the ranges we deal with with Pinarello, Savello, with Moots, with um, yeah, like that uh, yeah the Moots that we did a couple of weeks Bianchi, ago um, out of this world yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's a funny one, I guess. After after a while, you, you do you know get a bit used to uh, uh, sort of working with these really lovely bikes and you become a bit you know because you see them every day it's a bit like a a friend of mine our our sponsor um, of our race team Redline who you know they've got a showroom of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and but you know to the guys that work in there every day they're you know they end up being you know get getting getting used to just uh, seeing that every day so uh, do you find people coming with their beautiful bike and you're just a bit unimpressed? No. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, another Pinero F12. Oh. Not another one of these. It's so 2019. No, it's the people that come with an 1800 quid bike and they're like, oh, I love it. And you're like, uh, no, don't pull that. <laughs> That's really sloppy. Um, that was Jacob. Don't speak to him anymore. <laughs> People's pride and joy and you're looking at it thinking, oh, yeah, the top, short that's, one. that's a winter bike. Um... Do you do many decent mountain bike builds, or is it all road bikes? I've done a few mountain bikes, not custom, just just servicing mainly. Yeah. Not not really building. That's. Uh, so they go to another lot, a lot name shop. Yeah, yeah. The, the, a lot of the uh, well, it's, it's stiff competition. Stiffer, a kind of our equivalent, aren't yeah, they, yeah. of the mountain bike uh, world with the Santa Cruises and all those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah. I think we'll get some like decent gravel build, custom builds going out this yeah. year. Yeah, gravel's certainly a massively growing area, and we're really this year we're seeing uh, that starting to take off. Uh, you know, with things like the Cervelo Esperos and the uh, um, uh, 3T Exploros, Pinarello gravels. But um, is that for you guys? You're the road cyclist, but you guys are all mountain bikers. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm 50/50, so we've got a perfect, perfect balance. Yeah, yeah. A nice little blend in it. Lovely blend. Out and out road it to out and out mountain bike and then something in between. Yeah. Well, John's like a little like half breed. High, half breed now because yeah. you love your little gravel bike. I do. <laughs> do more and more He's gravel breed. You're probably doing like two <laughs> gravel rides a week now, aren't you? Yeah. Like one road ride. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. It's good. Oh, the UCI are going to get into gravel riding. Hmm? They're going after it. The UCI are going into gravel riding. They're going after a gravel event. Yeah, are they? Pro, yeah. Really? Mm. Isn't that yeah, just well, like a lot of, a lot of uh, pros are, are going over to gravel? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think cyclocross will then start to diminish, or do you think it's still a market? Uh, I think it's just a different. Yeah, it's a different. Is... I think it's a different. I mean, a lot of these gravel events are, are um, 
like endurance long, long, you know. They could distance. turn Paris Roubaix into one. That would be amazing. I shouldn't mess with Paris Roubaix. No, Sorry, leave it. Is it? Is yeah. well, that yeah. is like yeah. that sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, some of these these big gravel events. I like uh, the like, um, Dirty River. Uh, Dirty River's longer than that, wasn't it? About wasn't it about more like hundred miles, isn't it? Or, and they have some big ones in America and stuff, don't they? What's that Grand Euro? That's that's moved from Scotland to Wales this year, isn't it? That's like hundred k. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Back to the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Someone comes in with a 5k budget, no riding experience. What bike do they generally come away with? 5k bike. <laughs> six, 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 six and a half thousand. Grand bike. Cervelo R5 Ultegra okay. disc. <laughs> cool. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, it depends. It depends what. What's the average? Like, again, if, if if you know if it's if it's um, it depends what sort of. Again, person that is, are they and what their uh, requirements and goals are, you know, and are they, you know, 25 or are they 50 or, yeah. you know, or 70? Um, so, you know, obviously you've got to spec the bike to their requirements in terms of what the what bike is going to be right for them uh, in terms of the setup and geometry and, and what sort of riding they want to do. Yeah. You know, if, if they're... Um, you know, someone that's just going to do um, a couple of rides a week with the mates and then do the odd sportive, uh, they don't necessarily you know, want to stick them yeah, on a full-on yeah, yeah. aero, um, you know, S5 or something. But, however, you might half the time advise the people uh, <laughs> that this is the right bike for them, but they still go, I want that one. <laughs> I, want the, uh, I want the aero bike you because they like the relaxed look geometry and they're like, yeah, no, I want, yeah. I want the aero yeah. Penarello with, with, with 40 mil of spaces right. <laughs> under, the, under the bars. So, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you can, you can give lots of advice and, and what's the right bike for someone, uh, but because, you know, they've seen that bike and they want that bike and like the look of that bike yeah. and the way it looks, then, you know, at the end of the day, we can we can advise, but you can't. ride you ride a Pinarello, Pinarello F12, don't you? Or is it an F13? I lost track. Right. F F40. Oh, I don't know. What, what do F- you ride? F12. 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 <laughs> what do you ride? Well, uh, I've just got a basic winter bike at the minute. Nothing too fancy. Had a Focus Zalco Max. Was the last? It's not. It's how you ride it, right? Yeah. What, have you, what do you? Oh, you've got uh, the BMC. The BMC Time Machine. Corderonzo. Corderonzo. <laughs> 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 you might want to edit that bit out, though. I've got a canyon. <laughs> canyon. Uh, a what? Yeah. How many times have you sent it back? <laughs> right. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Just gloss over my, that. My bottom bracket's creaking. What's the most likely cause? You're You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People always seem to think it always has to be a like, bottom bracket issue if it creaks from the, anywhere on the bike. But it's not. Not all the time. Like, Majority of the time, I found it is actually frail body, or right. something completely unrelated. Or your pedals, or a pedal. Yeah, pedals. Yeah. Pedals is quite it's the it's the it's the automatic assumption that it's the bottom bracket, but generally it's it, it tends to be a, a bit of a um, you know a, a requiring some investigation and you know working through to find out where where a particular noise is coming from. So fair enough. Or it could just be your weight. It's <laughs> making it creak. Oh, that nice crack on the frame does it as well. Yeah. Disc brakes. Yes. Yes or no? Yes. 
Uh, I would personally do disc now. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. Save yeah. my life, I think. Hey. I think, yeah, I think you, you know. What, what, hey, Bobby, why are you, you sort of like, oh, really? Uh, go on then. Uh, well, you know, maybe three, four years ago when standards were still up in the air a little bit with bolt through, quick release, you know, flat mount, post mount, etc. There was a lot of. Right, Especially when it was like cable break. disc brakes as well. Yeah, like, cable yeah. You're not gaining anything by having uh, cable operated disc brakes. Well the reliability and performance is is one thing that for me far outweighs rim brakes. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, especially the level of bikes that we do, you know, a, a big factor is the wear on the, the wheels themselves. Yeah, if you've got yeah, set, yeah. you know, three thousand pound wheels in a bike, uh, and you've got rim brakes, you you are wearing them out each time you brake. That, that's not especially. A I mean, and it's also. certainly on carbon wheels. There's there's a couple of things. I mean, certainly braking um, surfaces and things like that have vastly improved, but. It, you know, you can quite easily pick up, you know, some something off the road in your pads whilst out riding, end up scoring a, a, a you know, a lovely set, set of wheels, and you know, people become yeah. obviously very upset if yeah. they've damaged a set of wheels, and you know, in that way, and is that a warranty? Well, it's you know, it's not really, and yeah. you know, it's uh, um, as Bobbin said, it's you know, you're not going to get any of that with a, with a disc brake. But also, you know, it's just technology, you know, you've got to, I think you've got to move on with the times and, you know, we've been running rim brakes for a number of years and we're not still running, you know, drum brakes on cars, are we, we've, you know. Uh, it gets tricky though, because if you've got like disc brakes and they go, I've done this on trips where they come to you like the day before a sport team and say, oh, can you sort out my hydraulic disc brakes like yeah. that? Yeah. You got, and I guess if you're doing group rides here and they come in in the morning and go, oh, do you mind just quickly sorting out my hydraulic disc brakes? Yeah. Like, oh, can you, I'm can riding you in five minutes. Brakes? What? The thing is, yeah. disc, disc brakes gives the frame manufacturers a lot more area to play in terms of you know, frame, geometry, layout, setup, everything. And tyre clearance, you can't always yeah. get that through rim brakes. And it just, yeah, you can have a wider rim profile, you can have a lot better ride just from having that extra clearance that yeah. disc allows you to have gives you also gives yeah. you scope as well for you know that one bike for everything yeah. you know if you you know you, you've got things like for example the Cervelo Espero that um, you can you can ride that as a gravel bike with 40 odd mil tyres on or uh, and if you uh, flip That's the, what you ride is it? it's got a flip chuck on the front fork that uh, just turns it into the same geometry as, as the equivalent R series road bike. So um, it's altering the geometry of the bike as well, but enabling you to run anything from a you know a, a fast road race tire up to a, a big chunky off road tire, and you know you can really start using that that bike for all all yeah. needs. Even in terms of internal routing, like with a you know standard rim brake setup with your internal um, routing it does sometimes cause a lot of drag just on your like brake cables with hydraulic it kind of bypasses all that and allows you to still have a decent smooth braking performance without all that that a rim brake causes um, you know, with like 
you know, in terms of like different entry points and exit points in the frame and yeah. stem and bars and everything. What's it? I guess, well, the other, no, so then leading on the next question is like tubeless or inner tubes? Uh, having gone to tubeless and having now come back to inner tubes, I don't think I would go back to tubeless. No. Mm. Uh, I would probably say tubeless, yeah, given our road. I think we found that um, the, I would say the majority of people that I know that have converted to tubeless. Um, tubeless is fantastic when it goes well and when the puncture gets sealed. And, and you know, <laughs> I think we had a customer in the other day who um, his tire had split. So, it, you know, yeah, he, yeah. He, he was stuck. But when we actually took the tyre off, we found about eight other punctures that had actually sealed. Yeah. So, you know, that saved him, you know, putting eight inner tubes in, and he's, and he's not even kind of realised. Um, so, and we've, ha- we've had a number of customers who've had some, a few bad experiences where a tyre has split or, and they've, they've, they've kind of got stuck, but they've stayed with tubeless. Yeah. Um, for, you know, factors of the, the ceiling itself but also the the, the quality of the, the ride uh, with with tubeless tires so I think um, I think that yeah the, the one main issue is 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 when it goes wrong it does get yeah. a bit messy if you have to start taking the tire off and putting a tube and you've got sealant everywhere I've started doing inner tubes now in the winter in Yorkshire because it's not particularly handy being out in the middle of nowhere like when you, your tubeless goes yeah it's always them. worth carrying a tube, yeah. isn't it, just in case. But uh, and, and a tyre boot as well, because that's you know if you uh, you get a split in your tyre, um, whether you've got a tube or whatever, it's, if you've got a, a bit of a, a tyre boot, you can just slide in there and, and get you home. And then that's always worth uh, sticking in your back pocket or in your um, yeah. bike pack. All right. So, what's the are you allowed to say the least favourite bikes you work on? Or should you stick with the favourite bikes you work Mainly on? Mainly yours, I think. Right. Yeah. What are the least favourite bikes you work on? Canyons. Uh, no, no. Just ones Carreras. that haven't been maintained. Like, you know, ones that were people can't... I don't know. I'd like to think it just like they didn't have time, but a lot of cases they can't be bothered to clean it before bringing it in. Yeah, um, I think we've, we've had a bike uh, that was brought down once that the chain was so solid the customer tried to ride it down to the shop and actually ripped the rear neck off uh, because so in, in, in addition to the service it already needed it also then needed a new rear mech because he'd managed to uh, it, it got seized that badly but, uh, what are the favourite bikes to work on? well maintained <laughs> bikes that don't need anything do yeah is there a Case to be said, they're so externally ruined so cables. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Do you know, it's, no, in all seriousness, so though, like going back to like when the worlds were here and stuff, it was actually nice to like work on pros bikes. That was pretty cool. Like yeah. team bikes. You work on a lot of team bikes. So athletes that had come from smaller nations that didn't have a big support structure and things like that around them. Mm. That was quite nice. Like, yeah. So that's always something different. Like it's always different to see like the the way that these bikes are built because obviously they're built based on sponsorship rather than what is actually meant to be for that bike in theory or is how the brands imagined it so you do get some like odd builds that way really? it's just nice it's just something different to see like, it's pretty busy here for the world champs isn't it you had bikes in every single day and rides every single yeah, day yeah. Odd, the odd bike in here yeah. uh, 
the odds, the odd, uh, you know, superstar from cycling, yeah. yeah. Uh, Viviani came in for a coffee. Yeah. That was a weird day. Yeah. Do you get a steady stream of pros coming out, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we've had, uh, we've had, we've had uh, Cav been in. Cav been in, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was David Miller a couple of times. Scott Thwaites. Uh, Scott Thwaites, regular. Local, yeah. Um, Mr. Wiggins. Yes, yeah, Mr. Wiggins did his podcast from here, so yeah. you're in esteemed company. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, we had GCN show here as well. <laughs> GCN. Um, who else? Uh, Alex Dallas. Yeah, Alison Hannah Barnes. Alison Hannah Barnes, yeah. Lizzie Dagnan. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Eddie Dunbar. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter Kenny. Peter Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Loads of people. Yeah. That really famous guy from oh, Zimbabwe. Um, uh, yeah, the guy from Zimbabwe that did his activation ride here. <laughs> oh, Adam Blythe. Adam, yeah. Adam. <laughs> Hi, Adam. <laughs> so, yes, we've had a, had a, had a few. Um, I have one particular question I've always wanted to ask Bob in. Oh, God. That stuff you sell, is it like the chamois cream? Hello skin. Why is that the Rolls Royce of chamois cream? Which you described that to me once. <laughs> well, Explain yourself. It starts, it starts on the outside, the packaging at some point. Nice crisp orange box, a lovely metal tin. Yeah. Uh, the consistency's on point. Not too thick, not too thin. Um, smell, smells real good. Smells like oh, a lemon orange. meringue pie. Orange, it's orange. Yes, that was an orange. Uh, Is it orange? Orange. Very citrusy, anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. fresh, yeah. citrusy. You just smell it. Just for clarity, you only smell your own. You only smell your own. It's very orange. It's not a way to check it's applied, even with a level one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the orange, uh, especially on your pips. Uh, yeah. Bobbin does offer a service for an extra £6 to actually fit it personally as yeah. well. Which is. We offer a comp- comprehensive service here at Crowlock. Yeah. But yeah that's and the, the other thing about Bellaskin is a local Yorkshire brand. Yeah, yeah. Yorkshire based brand. That's why we like to support local. You do have a lot of local stuff in here. Yeah. yeah. We've got um, Bellaskin, we've got Spatsware, which A-O-T-E. again is uh, local. OTE, our nutrition brand. Again, all, all local Yorkshire brands. Um, yeah, we like to, and all of our... Uh, all the stuff in the cafe. All the stuff in the cafe, yeah. Locally supplied by uh, local fruit and veg suppliers, local meat suppliers, local cake suppliers, cake lady, and uh, yeah, all, all good stuff. So what's the plans for 2020? What's, what's on the agenda on the, on, the, on the calendar for this year? No, uh, no World Championships or Tour de France, unfortunately, but, uh, or Tour of Yorkshire oh, yeah. even, but... Um, um, Let's not stray too far from uh, that subject. Um, <laughs> We're doing a cyclocross event down at the street, aren't we? You know, I was thinking Valley yeah. Gardens. Valley Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. stray's a bit boggy, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been there, done that already, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, um, no, we're just hoping to have a, a, a real good year. We've got some new brands on board. We've got BMC in this year, and... Uh, HJC Helmets came in yeah, today. Yeah, HJC, new, new helmet Loops. brand. Moots, Moots yeah. yeah, fantastic titanium brand. So, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, and we've, uh, the other thing is we're continuing the relationship that we've built with SRAM yep. uh, over the World Championships. So, we're going to be doing lots of stuff with them. We've got a big event, event planned with them um, over the 
weekend of the Tour of Yorkshire. So we're okay. going to be doing lots of demo rides and things like that again with their SRAM ETAP access equipped bikes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a, a BMC day. We've got yeah. a... Um, Pinarello day. Pinarello day. So lots of events and uh, demo rides planned. And um, yeah, so it's going to be good. All right. Well, that wraps it up. So make sure you follow Prologue on social media, all things right on social media. Uh, keep it out now for future podcasts. And uh, thanks to the prologue, to John and the guys, and taking the time on Friday evenings to have a little chat. No, thank you. And a beer. And a beer. Thank you, Shrek. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Goodbye.